yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Caville, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, uh, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yeah. Okay. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. You see him. I got the Southern Jack State on it. They making sure they got their gear on and get ready for this game. But it's like that. It must be a big game this weekend. Must be a big game this weekend. Must be. Second half of the show, we'll must get be. into it. Must be. Charles is in Jackson. BJ Jones looking like he read it. Chest all out. Too much S on the chest. But, you know, I appreciate him anyway. That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> Welcome to episode 338 inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. For institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, and facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Camille, along with my co-host, Mike Washington Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. Caseways to our 30 a.m. studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper. That's multi-Hall of Famer, as y'all know. Beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, Mike Washington is out on assignment. So we have none other, as you know, the professors, B.J. Jones, Charles Bishop, the Professor Bishop, in the house, and we even have in the background, uh, as we look to bring in the interview, we'll bring in clinical professor A.D. Drew uh, in a second segment, as we're hoping to make sure we get the interview in. With that being said, we're going to open it up with the two big dogs right now. All the lights and camera will be on Jackson if it is not already there. It's going to be on these two guys in terms of their program. That's Southern University of Jackson State. How are you feeling? What is it? Twenty-four oh, hours away. I mean, I mean yeah. forty-eight hours away. Well, how yeah. are you feeling? Feeling awesome. I mean, I think there's a lot of buzz here in Jackson. I think, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot going on in regards to uh, will he or won't he. But uh, Jackson State fans are looking forward to the Swag Championship game this weekend. Uh, we got city dignitaries here in Churchill right now. They're talking uh, Jackson State sports, talking HBC sports. It's a fun time to be following the HBC football right now. I was going to ask BJ, but he tucked his bit his bottom lip. I got a little nervous, scared that like he was going to hit somebody. But I'll go ahead. Oh, talk. man. <laughs> How you doing? How you feeling, man? Man, I'm excited, Doc. I mean, anytime you make it to a championship game, man, it's a special thing. Um, it's very, very special when it's Jackson State on the other side. It's only happened twice before, in 1999 and 2013. Both and, wins uh, by Southern, yes. Both wins for Southern, man. We looking, looking to keep that, man. Three and old man going on 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 Saturday, man. But just excited for the ball game, man. And really just focused on uh, Saturday and how do you write um, a thirty-five point loss uh, back from October? Um, and, and and that's the biggest thing, and that's you know the biggest challenge for this football team. And I'll say this, you know, uh, with two of the superpowers, I think there are a couple of other ones out there that people would like to think about. So I'm not saying they're the only superpowers out there, but certainly two of the superpowers out there. It's hard to imagine over just over 20-some years, you know, a little less than 25 years, uh, that the two schools have only played twice. Essentially, mm -hmm. that was obviously yeah. to open things up. <laughs> you go more than a decade and essentially almost to close things down, if you would, in Houston, kind of bookending things. So that's this. Hard to believe in a lot of ways, but I guess the facts are the facts. Uh, two mm -hmm. championship appearances 
at least against one another. Obviously, both teams have been in it a couple of times other than that, including winning it. Let's get back into some of the news of the day. Uh, obviously, let's give some women some love. Volleyball is out there, NCAA tournaments, and we have three Division One HBCUs represented. Obviously, we talked about uh, uh, Division Two getting into the NCAA Division Two tournament on volleyball a couple of weeks ago, but now it's showtime for the women. Charles, give me an update in terms of some of the news of where these women are playing, if you would, um, in regards to the NCAA uh, tournament. And if not, just talk about general congratulations. Obviously, it's Delaware State uh, getting in it, representing the MEAC. And then you have Florida A&M representing the MEAC. I mean, representing SWAT. Uh, and then surprising to some uh, that hadn't happened since 2007 is Tennessee State representing the OVC. What are your thoughts on this? A lot of great representation from HBCUs in regards to volleyball. As you mentioned, Florida a and volleyball program, they're going to be taking on the University of Florida. Uh, you also have uh, Tennessee State. They're going to be traveling uh, to uh, take on uh, Ohio State. Uh, that's uh, on tomorrow. And then Alabama State Volleyball, they will be facing Southern Miss. So uh, you have a lot of great volleyball teams that have uh, – uh, extended their season, your postseason play. So I'm uh, looking forward to see what those teams can do over the weekend. Yeah, when you talk about that, uh, Alabama State, they uh, got invited to the NIVC. If you think about the NIT type of tournament, CBI and basketball, it's a separate tournament, and this is one to get invited. I did say Delaware, and just for the record, they'll go up and face Nebraska. So two, two of the teams to, uh, facing teams out of the big – 10 and one of them out of the SEC. So uh, tough sledding there, but certainly the joy is the fact that you won your conference and got it done and got a chance to slay Goliath, if you would. But to get back on yours, when you talk about Alabama State, they got an invite to the VC tournament. Uh, Southern Mississippi is who they'll face. As you talk about, and in Coppin State, out of the MEAC, they were runners up, obviously, out of the MEAC championship. And they also got to be into the NIVC as they will be heading and they draw and will face Wake Forest to give you some updates there, uh, just to give you some components of what's going on there. Let me go to you, B.J. Jones, in terms of your thoughts of either playing in the NCAA tournament or, as we said, uh, these teams that got an invite to the uh, NIVC tournament, uh, getting a chance to postseason uh, regulation in terms of playing in volleyball. What are your thoughts on in terms of shining some lights on the women out there at HBCU sports. Oh, man, shout out to all the teams uh, uh, that made the postseason, man. Anytime you're able to extend your season uh, and play in the postseason, man, get those extra practices, uh, get that experience. I mean, go out and have an opportunity to compete against some of the best, man. That's something special. So uh, I'm, I'm pulling for all of these young ladies and their teams, and, you know, hopefully, man, we get some upsets uh, here in the tournament. Oh, man, upsets. I like upsets. Uh, you in that upset mindset, I see. I wonder if that's Absolutely. something that's in your blood right now. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, let's get into uh, some attendance. I'm going to ask you a question, then I'll let y'all share some other news that you want to share on your own. But I want to get your opinions on what this looks like. Just check out this news. We see you top attended games. You've probably seen some of this out there. Alabama State, Alabama A&M, and Birmingham, 67,532. Grambling State and Southern University in New Orleans, you were right there in the mix with that, so you were very aware of that. It was 62,337. FAMU and Bethune-Cookman in Orlando, 55,257. Prairie View and Grambling in Dallas, 53,971. Southern University in Jackson, in Jackson, Mississippi, 53,885. Campbell and Jackson State, 51,596. That was homecoming there. Jackson State and Tennessee and Memphis, 51,335. That uh, the top seven games, top seven games, all over 50,000. Number eight, Florida A&M, Jackson State and Miami, 39,907. North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central, Charlotte, 35,798. Howard versus Morehouse, East Rutherford, New Jersey in the greater New York area, 35,042. So you see how many of those games feature Jackson, how many of those games feature SWAC matchups, how many more of those games feature a SWAC team. Let me go with you, B.J. Jones. What are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, man, this just shows you, man, the popularity of the Southwestern Athletic Conference um, and what football means to um, the fan bases down this part of the country. But overall, um, looking at, um, you know, HBCU football as a whole, looking at what North Carolina Ante and North Carolina Central did in the Dukes-Mayo Classic, uh, we call it the Aggie Eagle Classic, but Dukes-Mayo took their game on uh, this year. And one of the games that I was impressed with was Morehouse and Howard uh, up in New York. Yeah. Um, to really, man, get you know, get those kids and those fans of they're exposed to HBCU football. I, I think that that's big, and you know, to have this, you know, kind of across the country, and th- th- those games are big recruiting tools, you know, for our schools, uh, you know, for kids um, outside of the HBCU region to be able to see some HBCUs, um, to spark their interest on in becoming, you know, potential students and potential student athletes. Cool, Charles. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that was the one that jumped out for me. Uh, when you can uh, uh, put HBCU football in a uh, area or a region that does not have HBCU football and for the numbers to turn out like they did, uh, that was phenomenal to me. Uh, you know, uh, following Jackson State during the course of the season, uh, it really was um, uh, a, a traveling show. I mean, uh, down there in Mobile, I don't know if I was expecting – uh, that crowd to be what it was down there in Mobile for uh, Jackson State and Alabama A&M, but uh, the place was packed, and it shows you the health of HBCU football right now. It is tremendously healthy across the board, and it was an exciting time. 2022 will go down as a year, uh, uh, an unforgettable year in terms of the excitement in regards to Jackson or, or HBCU football, I should say. Let's get in here and take our first break. I think our coach's uh, guest is on. I said, I guess I'm spoiling a little bit, everybody. I said, coach, our guest is on. So let's take our first break. We'll go straight to him and bring him on, uh, give a chance to get this great interview and acknowledge the success. Stick with us. We'll be right back after our first break. We'll be back for the second quarter. Stick with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love, 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 love,
So listen to Professor Yesser And pay attention Cause he gonna teach a lesson This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, or at least that's what he's saying now. He said something about Mexico. I still don't understand how this brother gets to move around the world and just uh, says that he's on business and just miss out the show. And then he doesn't come back with any gifts. I just don't get this. But we have <laughs> B.J. Jones in the house, A.D. Drew, and you see we have National champion head football coach, Chenis Berry, Coach Berry of the Benedict College. Again, let me officially say this live to you. I know you see him coming. You had an undefeated regular season, but it's something about getting a chance to recognize an individual, your coaches and your teams and your institution. So let me just read it out. Benedict Tigers earned HBCU mid-major division football championship for the year 2022 for what they did this year. So kudos to Coach Bear. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Congratulations. You. Congratulations. Appreciate, Congratulations. That. appreciate that. To God be the glory, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, amen. With that being said, let's get into us a little bit, and we're going to go around and give everybody a chance to kind of ask the question uh, a little bit. But let's start from the beginning to some degree. Obviously, for those that may not be aware, uh, many of our viewers know we followed you as you climbed up uh, your career, and obviously many people got a second recognition when you started doing the things of Benedict, particularly this season. Uh, but uh, bachelor degree, business administration, Savannah State University, also mm -hmm. earned a public administration, a, a master's degree at Kentucky State University. First team all SIAC offensive tackle, was named Black College All-American Honorable Mention in 1994, uh, and most recently served a stint with Southern University as assistant head coach. So we've seen you in these parts, uh, Rec Shop and the Swag. So I won't get too far into that. Somebody that kind of lives over here in the Houston area with Texas Southern Prairie View. So, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you go on that with a little bit of coaching. <laughs> with that being said, tell everybody where you're from. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. This, this is an honor to be able to come on your show, man, and just talk about our program and represent HBCU football, but I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I ended up going to high school in Atlanta, Georgia at Reed Air High School, uh, where I, you know, uh, played football and basketball. And then I, you know, matriculated over to to uh, Savannah State, where I played football for four years. And you got some rich blood football up there in Ohio football in Georgia, Atlanta area. Um, yeah, it sounds like this was meant to be in terms of your career paths and decisions. Um, before I pass around with everybody else, talk a little bit about, did you realize that you were going to have this type of season? I'm sure you felt confident of how things were rounding in shape, but to this level, did you feel you would have this level of success this early? Well, well, it starts with building the right foundation and having the right fit of people around you. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, my coaching staff did a really, really good job going out and recruiting and, and filling in our needs. And for us, you know, it's more so not particularly finding the best football player, but it's finding the best fit. So as we looked around our program and, and uh, what we needed, and that was our first year last year in the 2021 season in the SIC, we got an opportunity to see what we needed to be successful. So, like I say, kudos to my coaching staff, man. Got went out and, and really, really uh, was able to get the needs that we were looking for. And as I started to see that team started to started to come together, man, I said, you know what, we got a chance to be special. Then I yeah. thought we had good leadership. You know, guys were one hundred percent bought into our program, and in our program, it's all about discipline, discipline and accountability. And once I started, guys. Seeing guys winning off the field, doing the things we're needing to do off the field, winning in the weight room, coming together, having player-led Bible studies, player-led meetings, and things of that nature. I said we got a chance to be special, and uh, you know, as a, as a football program this summer, what we did, man, uh, we 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 bought a book called Chop Wood Carry Water, and everybody bought it. I bought it for our leadership council, and we we started reading that book, and uh, we set a hashtag this off season, and nobody really know what it meant. It was a uh, Hashtag we set back in, I would say, I would say it was February and it was hashtag one, 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 two, two, two. Well, what it was, was, mm. it was November the 12th, 2022, because we knew that that was the day of the SIC championship. 
And that kind of fueled us nice. a whole entire offseason. So the first day of training camp, I told the team when we opened up that book, Chop Wood, Carry Water, because the emphasis of that book is fall in love with the process of becoming great. Surrender the outcome. So what I did was on that day, we put that hashtag 111222 to bed. And I said, we won't say it anymore for the rest of this season. We're going to uh, surrender the outcome, fall in love with the process of becoming great. And let's just try to go 1-0 every day. Let's just try to win the day. Don't worry about the end goal. Let's be the best we can be every day. And we used that. And that fueled us the whole season. So instead of, you know, about midway through the season, we were about 5-0, 6-0. People would ask us our record. We would just say 1-0. One and oh, just keeping that one and oh mindset. You know, that, that carried us through the season, man. And, and before you looked up, man, we had one of them straight, man. So God is good. Amen. Professor Bishop, go ahead and jump in. Yeah, uh, again, Coach Gary, I want to say congratulations on a phenomenal season. Uh, and I wanted to follow up on something you said because you mentioned uh, doing the right things off the field. And uh, one person that caught my eye was. Uh, the SIAC Defensive Player of the Year, Luba Dentalist. Uh, not only is he a tremendous defensive player, but a 3.92 GPA, and that stood out for me. But talk a little bit about uh, what he means to your program and uh, his his season. Let me tell you something, man. First of all, when that name comes up, his name is Lubert Dinalis. And when that name comes, that bring joy to my heart. You're talking about an amazing man, first and foremost, character. You know, he, he's not a man of a lot of words. He doesn't say a whole lot. But you're talking about a man in that weight room. He's got an amazing GPA. He's very well spoken. He is a leader. He's on my leadership console. And, and that's not to say that how great a football player he is. I mean, he is an amazing football player. He has an amazing voter, but he's an amazing person. And we always try to preach our program character, man. We want guys to... They want to lead on the field, lead off the field. And we can have several of those guys in our program. We got a chance to be really, really special, man. But but Luber Dinalis, man, he, he's got an amazing work ethic. Uh, he is a kid that, that has come into our program. But we actually got him from Southeastern University. It's an NAI school down in, in Florida. And uh, when he came in, man, he's just been a leader on and off the field and, a, and an amazing football player. But I would say more than anything, an amazing person. And he's a man of God. So. He's my kind of guy. Appreciate that, right. Coach. Professor Jones, follow up, please. Uh, coach, man, uh, Chopwood carry water, man. I was at Montreal at Southern University uh, for many years. And you know, one of the things I, that I love about your program, I always say, man, a Chennis Berry coach football team is going to be disciplined. And if you watch that offensive line, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be poetry in motion. And this year was, was no different. I mean, just talk about, uh, this football team, this offensive line, and that running game that you guys had. I mean, how are you able to do this year in and year out, man, where you – that offensive line is just from the nickel at Southern University to now uh, at Benedict, it is a thing of beauty. Well, well I, first of all, I appreciate you, man. First of all, I appreciate you for acknowledging that, man. And, uh, you know, anytime you build a program, and I'm a firm believer in this, man, from Little League football to the NFL, you better be able to win up front. You know, all those skilled guys, man, they're, they're going to be pretty compatible, man. Those receivers, quarterbacks, I mean, re receivers, running backs, and things of that nature, DBs. But when you're talking about building a program, it's got to start from the O-line and D-line. And, and I'm just a firm believer in that. And as long as I'm the head football coach and where I'm at, we're going we're gonna to build it from the core. And that's going to be O-line, D-line, and quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, that that's what it's all about ultimately at the end of the day. But, you know, when we put this O-line together here, man, I – it, it, it is something that, that, you know, has come a long way in a short period of time because when we first got here, man, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't roll those guys out there with anybody, man, but, but we had an opportunity to do some recruiting and see the needs in this league, and uh, those guys have really come along, man. So we we had a really good unit this year. They call themselves the Fist here at Benedict College. That's five working as one. And uh, those guys really, really grew together. And a lot of those guys were, were one-year guys. We had two guys that had been in the program, uh, our starting center and our starting left guard. But those other three were, were one-year transfers. We had one young man named Tyler Pritchard, who just was named All-Region today in, uh, in our region. Uh, but he was All-SIC guy. He came from Faulkner University, but he spent his first three years mm -hmm. at University of North Carolina Tar Heels. So he was probably our best offensive lineman. He played left tackle for us. And then our right guard played 
three years at Langston University in the NAI and, and, and played some good ball at Langston. So he had came in with one more year to play. And then our right tackle, a name you may know, is Maurice Campbell. He played for us, big six, seven, 320-pound right tackle from Southern University, man. So, and, you know, the good thing about him is he kind of knew the offense because we run the exact same offense we ran there at Southern. And, and uh, he knew the calls. He knew all that stuff. So he had to kind of leg up on the guys. So we they had to jail together because they were all one-year guys to be able to get us playing at a high level. And and they really, really helped us deliver an SIC championship this year. Appreciate that, Coach. Absolutely. Great, great information, great information. Let me go with uh, A.D. Drew, uh, our resident beat, as he writes for the beat. To, I mean, he's been telling us about you all year long in the Benedict Tigers. Let me let uh, clinical professor Drew get in here and ask follow-up questions. First of all, Coach, uh, Coach, congratulations on the uh, fine season and your championship here at uh, HBCU Sports Lab. First of all, thank you so much. Appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I had a chance to call or work, I believe, four of your games this year. Three of them at home and uh, one of them on the road. And one thing, well, a couple things I heard, piece of constant talk about you. Know, I'm gonna take you off the field for, for a minute, uh, as other guys left it on the field. But you had some interesting phrases that are consistently heard around your program. I would hear words like feed, dash, and the A's and B's and C's and D's. Now I I find out what they were what they were about, but I want you to tell my colleagues and the rest of our lab listeners how how important those things was. And I, and one other thing, I adopted the your feed one with my junior high basketball program. I I, I told them that one. And that's gonna cost you, man. That's gonna cost you, man. Gonna cost you. <laughs> I gave you, I gave you credit though. I didn't, I didn't steal it. I cited it properly. We, you know, we in the education uh, sense, so I use proper citations and footnotes on it. Absolutely, absolutely, no problem, man. No, no doubt, man. I'm, I'm big on on hashtags, man, because I think guys have to relate to something. So if you come in our building at Benedict College, man, we got hashtags, slogans, and graphics everywhere, man. And we post those same things on social media because those are things that our guys can, can relate to when they stuck, when they need a little fuel to get them going, they can relate to those hashtags. So, so pay the fee. Pay the fee was one that we came up with, man. And when we came up with pay the fee, it costs to be a champion. It's not free to be a champion. You got to put that work in and you got to pay the fee. So fee is focus, effort, and execution. You know, you got to be locked in. And when you're winning ball games and winning off the field and on the field, it's starting to win it between the ears. So you got to be focused and you got to be locked in. And then you got to give amazing effort. And anything you do in life, you got to put amazing effort into it. But it sounds good. You can draw it on the board and all that stuff you want, but you got to go execute it too. So that was paying the fee, man. And uh, we used that throughout the year. That was in the back of our shirts and our weight room and things of that nature. But you got to pay the fee if you want to be a champion. The next one is, uh, I believe, on in, in, in your dash, man. You got full control of your dash. And I'm sure you probably heard this before, but I talk about it all the time. You control your dash. Coach Chinnersbury was born April 16, 1973. There's a dash in the middle, okay? And I have no idea when I'm going to leave this world. But I got full control of that dash in the middle. And that's discipline, all right? That's basically just do right. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that's A, attitude. I got full control of my attitude when my feet hit the ground. I, I I have a no negativity zone. You know, with me, man, I'm all about great attitude, man. You got to have a great attitude about my players. I want positivity. I add sacrifice. Sacrifice is just simply, at the end of the day, is iron sharper irons. Because of you, I'm better. Because of me, you're better. And that's Proverbs. All right? And then last but not least, habits. H. All right? Man doesn't decide his future. He decides his habits. And his habits decide his future. And look, hey, good habits, good future. Bad habits, bad future. And I talk to my players about, you got full control of your dash every day, man. You, you, you write your own story. Every day when you get up, you write your own story. Nobody writes your story but you. So you got full control of that. You do right, good things happen. But in our program, for every action, there's a reaction. I get these young men not only ready for the game of football, but for this game we call life. Because one day this game going in, man, and I want fountains. Tell my guys all the time, I don't want drains. I want fountains. I want people that's going to pour into our young men and pour into. I don't want I don't want drains. I don't want people to suck the life out you. I want fountains. And those kind of young men I'm developing in our program. Mm. 
Coach Barry, you had me fired up. Better be glad I ain't got no. <laughs> Come, on, Come on, man. We need to. I, 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 I tell you, you come in and old old time. Time. you keep talking like that, Coach. Yeah, me ready to go. <laughs> I'd be me. remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to share some, like, obviously, maybe talk about, you know, um, going forward. You know, what is the mission? Obviously, we saw who we stayed as they kind of made their run. Uh, you went undefeated. You got the number one seed in that region, which means you had to buy. Obviously, the game didn't work out. But we've also seen the more times that you have a team that gets to the playoffs, the better they feel about it, they understand it, and it allows you to go forward. But um, with that being said, I would be remiss if I give you a chance to share some accolades. I know you talked about some players. You talked about some coaches. You may want to shout out the administration and some fans. I want to give you a moment uh, to share, as we said earlier, as we announced that you are the head coach that led Benedict, along with your players and your coaches, uh, to Dr. Ville's mid-major national division HBCU champion. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. First and foremost, man, I'm a firm believer in this, man. When the good Lord gives you a gift, Right. It's up to you to make it better than it was before you found it. So I'm super, super grateful for Dr. Rosalind Clark Art as our president and giving me an opportunity, you know, because I've been at this thing for a long time. And I believe in bloom where you plant it, man. Be the best you can be at where you're at. If you're good at where you're at, people, people will know. But you can't, can't worry about the next place. You got to be the best you can be at where you're at and bloom where you're planted. So I'm grateful to be the head football coach at Benedict College. What a great place with great people. Great location. We're in fertile recruiting grounds right here in Logan, South Carolina, man. We 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 got a great talent state, stout talent written state, man. We can reach out and touch Georgia. We can reach out and touch Florida. We can reach out and touch North Carolina. So what a great place. And ultimately, at the end of the day, places are one thing, but people are something else, man. When you got great people, people that support you, and, and you know, people talk about building a program. You got to have support from the administration, and it starts from the top. And our, our president is so bought into our program and just trust everything that we're doing. And my athletic director, uh, uh, Willie Washington, he's been here for 30 plus years, man, just really supportive of what we're doing and how we're doing. And that's where it all starts with. Peace of mind is something else. And I really love to hear at Benedict College. And I, I really think that I put the staff together that's special. You know, for me, I have, I have a lot of young guys on my staff. I mean, most of my coaches are in their 20s. I have a couple. Two or two or three coaches, maybe in their thirties, but they're grateful for the opportunity that I gave them. But a lot of these guys that I have on my staff, this is their first time becoming coordinators or position coaches, having their own room, so they're grateful. So they go all out. So not only you know I, I got awarded the uh, SIC Coach of the Year, but I have the Coaches of the Year. I have an amazing staff of of I don't use the term like minded anymore. I use shared values. I don't want people mm. to think this like me. I don't want people to think just like me. I want shared values and values in making sure that we have people that surround my players with good qualities, like being good Christian men, first and foremost, all right, and pour into these young men. Because people, man, people, people misconstrue this thing, man. You got to pour into these young men on the field, off the field. Mental health is real. This thing is real. You have to pour into the lives of these young men. And if they know you care, they'll run through that wall for you. And that's why we've been able to get so much success in a short period of time because our young men know we love them. We love them, but we don't just tell them we love them. We show them we love them on the field, off the field, and we pour into them and get them ready for the game of life. So I'm extremely grateful, man, to be the head football coach at Benedict, man. And I tell you what, we got a really, really good football team that, that, that's coming back and guys that believe and guys that are hungry. This was our first time in the, in the playoffs. First time ever winning the SIC. First time ever going to the NCAA playoff. Our first time doing a lot of things. It's a lot of first, a lot of history. I tell our players, look, man, you can leave here today. Right? You set the tone. This school was built in 1870. We're the first. You can come back 20 years from now, and guess what they always going to say? You were the first. You were the first. Mm. You were the first. We've that history here in this program. Amen. And guys that called in and guys that believe. Now, we got into the playoffs. Yes, and I'll tell you what, when we got into those playoffs, you know, we, we met our match. You know, we had an opportunity. That was the, really the first time, really, all season that we went down. I mean, most of the season, our point spread was about 20-something points. The only game this whole season was probably, it was close, was Albany State. 
All right, the rest of the games had a nice little spread to them ultimately at the end of the day. So when 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 Wingate came out and scored first, our guys had never been there before. They had never gotten to that point. So there was a lot of learning lessons they've grown from it. And, and, and the reality is we're only losing a couple guys. We have a really good football team coming back. But more than anything, we got a bunch of young men that believe in our program. It loves being at Benedict College. It's a destination place now. Before, people may didn't know much about Benedict College, but it's a place not only with great facilities and, and a great situation, but it's got great people, people that's going to care about you, not only as a, as a football player, but as a young man that's going to get young men ready for this game in Colorado. Thank you, Coach. Man, I'm fired. Man, I thought he was ready to pass the plate around again. He was preaching so we good. We be on here all night. We take up all your time. We got a little more than we asked you, folks, and we want to appreciate you there. If you would, please tell Willie, uh, Washington, thank you. 20-some years ago, I put a basketball tournament together. You know, people are doing them now, but this is before I even really got them going. And he came down and played Miles College in Birmingham. I brought Alabama A&M and South Carolina State down. And he uh, participated in there. So I owe him a gratitude. I probably wouldn't be here doing the things I'm doing now in terms of falling in love with HBCUs from a sporting context and being able to beat be, people in those contexts. So this is the 20th year we've done this poll. And so I just want to say congratulations. A significant uh, market. And we have you listing you forever be, as you can tell those players, they'll be marked. Uh, in the history, and it's out there, and it'll be legacy for them to remember. So thank you for that. Uh, also, your new dean over there in the College of Education, uh, she's a faculty member of mine, so make sure you tell her hello and, and take care of the program. She's going to do y'all right uh, to make sure she take care of all those things. So thank you, Coach. Uh, and Warren, again, congratulations on a great season, uh, great things you're doing with the young men, and we can see it as more than just football. So uh, rightfully deserved. We'll be following you and keeping up with you, and we'll be down there ready to see you uh, make another run at it. So thanks again, Coach. Thank you so hey, much. Coach, Thank you before you, you leave, before you leave, before you leave, Coach, hey, I feel all right. One time. One time. Ah, I feel all right. There we go. feel all right, baby. Hey, Coach. Hey, Coach. Be careful now because this ADs watch this show. Hey, hey. We'll be right back after this break. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Go Tigers. No doubt. Just Thank stuff, you, Coach. Thank, Thank you, God, man. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it runs. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love ya, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We had a professor back in the building, and that's Professor Bishop. We got visiting Professor Jones. We got clinical Professor Drew. Let's get into the marching sport. We pushed it back a little bit. We're going to just do the top five, but we wanted to provide the accolades and give just due to Coach Barry of Fitted College as they claim the national championship at the mid-major level for inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, with that being said, Let's get in the top five programs. We have none other than at number five, Florida A&M, the Marching 100, four and one, three and one. Uh, they stay at number five. Remember, there was basically uh, one battle this week, which is the Bayou Classic. So there was some changes at the top. So I wanted to give you these top five. Number four, North Carolina Central Sound Machine Marching Band, three and oh, 65 points remain at number four. They are waiting as they will be in the celebration bowl. So they will get a top five matchup there. As we go to number three, we have Alabama State Mighty Marching Hornets. Four and one, two and one. They have only one first place vote. They lost the first place vote as they fall from number two to number three this week. Um, as they did not perform, wasn't their fault. Pine Bluff didn't take a team Turkey Day Classic. That'll probably change next year where you'll have the matchup with the Turkey Day Test Tuskegee. So you will see what that will happen to them next year. Bring us number two, Southern, the human jukebox. They climb to number two, setting up a perennial matchup this weekend, not only on the football field, but in the band. And this is matchup number two. Southern's 5-1, 4-1, three place votes, 82 points. They lost the first matchup, so they get a chance at redemption at halftime, zero quarter and fifth quarter again. They got to go on the road to get it done. As the number one team still remains, Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South, the marching sport. Eight and one on the season, seven and one. Uh, they've been everywhere. A lot of matchups. Unlike last year, where they didn't get on the road to get it done, they traveled this year. Uh, much like Southern, that got it done last year and traveled everywhere and earned the number one spot. You see it trending in that direction again. Four place votes, eighty four points. See if they can get it done. So we got a one versus two matchup this weekend. Uh, one versus four on the football field. Man, tremendous when you think about the SWAC championship game. All that's going on. Let me go to you. Drew, um, I'm going to go to you last since you're the neutral arbitrator in this. We're going to go with B.J. Jones to get his stocks on the top five just in case he likes to show out and show too much love. Oh, man, the whole top five, man, just um, excellent, you know, musical ensembles, man. I, I try to stay out of the band talk, man, but those five, man, they, they – I always tell people, man, and when you talk about swag, it ain't the most swaggy of band and the swag that Alabama State, the way they come with the gold spats and and, and did man it, I just always love that swag. And man, when you talk about with Southern and Jackson State hookup, man, it's just something special about seeing the human jukebox and, and uh, the Sonic Boom of the South. Man, got an opportunity uh, to talk to Roger Little, the band director over there at Jackson State. Man, and, oh. man, just man to talk to him, man, and his enthusiasm and. The enthusiasm of Kendrick Taylor, director of bands at Southern University, man. You see, man, why people look forward to this, man. And I think Saturday's going to be no exception. I think you'll get a championship battle in the stands and on the field between these two. Charles, what are your thoughts? As Doc coming in, talking about how the uh, Texas Southern dropped the number 10. They dropped last week uh, after they didn't perform, but they're still in the top 10. But talk about this top five that just listed out as Dr. Holmes. It's feeling on the ocean of soul, uh, trying to take it back a little I, bit. But I, what are your I, thoughts about Dr. the top five? I'm kind of with Dr. Holmes on the ocean of soul. They had a tremendous uh, bounce back year in terms of getting into that upper echelon of bands yeah. that, that that bring, you know, uh, week in, week out. Uh, but when you talk about the top five, uh, again, uh, and you know my big thing is can your band be that 12th man? And I don't think there are any two better uh, than the human jukebox and the sonic boom of the South in terms of engaging the fan base, engaging the team, 
and bringing all that into what what they do in the zero quarter, uh, halftime, uh, and fifth quarter. But but you know it's it's about being that tough man. It's about uh, bringing that extra energy, that extra juice on third down. You know I love nothing better. And when the jukebox gets up and starts playing the teledrums on third down, they're in tune with the game. I love it. I love it. I love it when Sonic Boom now, they, they start feeling it on third down where they lead the chant with defense. To me, these are things that separate out the top five bands uh, with regards to the rest of the group because they're engaged and they make the fan base engaged. Man, you got your safety back there that not only can play football, but he's marking <laughs> with the drum pages. He loves it, yeah. You talking about truly mixing and matching with the football team. I don't think we've quite seen that before. I love that interaction between the two on a serious note. I was going to go to A.D. Drew to be the neutral. Then I realized that, hell, his band is in the top five, too. But anyway, yeah. with that being said, yeah, but we just can't out that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, let me give a shout-out before I you and give your thoughts. Let me go to the wrong water. Bethune-Cookman should be on this list. Generally speaking, I would say yes. Bethune-Cookman, if you're just neutral and you talk about their band, I would say they're in the top five. Um, not just not in the top ten. But you got to travel. You got this part of this poll that I keep telling y'all is about, you know, interaction, marching sport. You don't get victories if you don't participate. If you're over on the sideline, you don't travel. I can't do anything with you. There's no matchups that I can judge you. There can't be a victory if teams don't go out there and play. So, Theron Waters, go back to your institution and tell them that you are dissatisfied with the fact that they're not in Dr. Ville's HBCU marches for top 10, and you realize the reason they're not in here is because they don't march, they don't travel, and therefore teams don't travel to them. So, even if it's just in that region with the Eastern Division, you got enough beautiful matchups. Travel to some of these teams. With that being said, A.D. Drew, put a final dime on this, if you will. Doc, you know I love uh, controversy and chaos when it comes to these polls and things <laughs> like that. So <laughs> I got to figure out some way to keep this thing interesting and find some type of potential chaos or something along those lines. Let's assume Saturday that the band whose team loses on the field wins the band competition. The opposite, you know, oh, opposite wow. band wins. So obviously, no matter what happens, Sam, you go, whichever band wins will be the new number one because you get it's a one versus two batch. Cut and dry right there. There's no, there's no controversy, no chaos right there. But then, True. let's say when that team gets to the celebration bowl, uh, the team that's sitting at number two because they they're done because the home team won as far as the uh, football goes. They get to the celebration bowl and then they lose to Central. So you got <laughs> you got an idle team at number one, and then you got your two and your four battling in the celebration bowl. Come on now, you know I love controversy. Now we're gonna be sitting up here fighting about who's really number you one. Hey, Drew, let me help you out. A swag man would slip their wrist if they lost to the BA man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, we're going to a break. See, see Charles, you just you just messed up the whole flow right there. I'm trying to create controversy. Mike, why Charles Bishop? Mike is out on assignment. Charles Bishop just broke down and dropped the mic to shut down. BJ Jones just hurt all my feelings. We'll be right my last break to talk about the actual football on the field in the matchup because Charles just dropped the mic and made us all sick. As AJ Drew just loved chaos. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. Soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. 
At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball, so listen to Professor Yessa yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with the professors. We're back in it because we got Professor Bishop, we got clinical professor, visiting Professor Jones. Uh, Eddie Drew is holding the tight for us as he came in there and broke us down uh, on the middle part of the show. That being said, we got the big matchup, and I got two alumni in the building, so we're going to go straight from that perspective. We all know what's going on here. Jack State, Mississippi, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, SWAT Championship game, Here clock, ESPN2, number four Southern Jaguars as we released our poll on Tuesday, seven and four, five and three. They won the West. Uh, two teams tied for it, but they had the head-to-head tiebreaker. At number one, Jackson, who was undefeated, 11 and 0, 8 and 0. You know anything about the history here, you know, we won't get into that. What I want to ask you all about, and I'm going to start with you, BJ, one or two things on offense that needs to be get done for Southern um, to put themselves in a position to win this game. Well, number one, man, quarterback play has to improve. Um, and that's whether it's going to be improved with Bashan McCray or another quarterback. Four games in a row, Southern has failed to go over 100 yards passing. That's not going to keep uh, this Dennis uh, Thurman defense honest at all. And if you have the inability to pass the ball, and we know Dennis Thurman knows that you can't do anything but run it, run it man, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he, he's licking chops. So have to be able to do that. And as a receiver, you have to help your struggling quarterback. Um, that I mean, we know the quarterback play for Southern hasn't been good, but there have been some opportunities for, for some receivers to make some plays and the ball hit them in the worst place possible, square in the hands. Maybe they were surprised <laughs> that it got there to them. I don't know. Uh, but once, once it gets there, um, you have to be able, you know, to, uh, to, to make a play. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing is that that the pass game has to be night and day different than what it was uh, the first time. Uh, or the last four four games for Southern, uh, it, it has it has to be all on Saturday. Charles, from a defense perspective, obviously, arguably the best defense at FCS, certainly in the SWAT. We've seen it almost two years straight, but a defense that, in a lot of ways, probably has gotten better. What are the top two things, that, or one thing that you want to see on the defensive side that must get done for Jackson State to win this game? They need to stop the run and not allow Rashawn McCray to get outside of the pocket. Uh, I don't think the, the blueprint has changed from day one with regards to this Jackson State defense. Uh, you want to hold that running game at bay, and they've done the, a tremendous job of doing that all season. Uh, when you talk about uh, being able to win in the trenches, I, I think that's the big thing. Uh, we know uh, that, that uh, Dennis Thurman is going to leave those corners out there on the island. Uh, those corners have to be able to win those battles out there because – the heat is going to be uh, coming up front uh, trying to get to Rashawn McCray. So, you know, the big thing is, you know, shifty backs like Carla Guy, uh, you, you got to be able to corral him. Uh, you got to be able to, you know, keep this Southern Russian game at bay because I think when you take a look at the Bayou Classic, I think that's when things kind of opened up and that offense really kind of got in rhythm to me uh, is when he was able to uh, lose some pass rushes and make some plays with his feet. And then it becomes, you know, a true 11 on 11 sort of situation. And he was able to win those battles. So uh, you can't uh, allow 
uh, Rashawn McCray to 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 win those battles. You got to be able to keep him in the pocket and come after him. But it all starts with stopping that run game. Sticking with you now, let's switch to the other side of the ball. Obviously, offensively, a couple of weeks ago, Shador obviously had the um, concussion, if you would. Uh, mm-hmm. He came back, played. Some people maybe thought he didn't play as tough as he could. As you just saw the illustration, essentially, of this being the tournament. Obviously, whoever wins this gets the celebration bowl. You heard Coach out of Howard University refer to the MEAC as a five-game tournament in uh, North Carolina Central won that. Uh, but in terms of what has to get done in this essentially semifinal matchup, <laughs> if you would, uh, to get to uh, the big dance in terms of celebration bowl, what does the offense for Jackson State need to get done in this game, close out, and find themselves in the lap? Take care of the football, number one. I think that's going to be the huge thing. Uh, when Jackson State gets in trouble, uh, it's because they've given away possessions. Uh, so taking care of the football is going to be the number one thing. Uh, getting Sibion Wilkinson involved in the game early, uh, I think is going to be huge with regards to that Jackson State running game because – uh, he keeps this thing balanced, if you will. So, so you're not able to uh, really, you know, just load up a bear with regards to the pass. And the big thing with Shador, the ball has to come out of his hands. Uh, when the ball is coming out of his hands uh, on time, this offense can be very lethal. Uh, I think where you see things kind of get uh, kind of haywire with regards to the rhythm of the offense is when the ball is not coming out on time. So I think those are the, the keys for Jackson State is not giving away possessions, not turning the ball. Away. That's going to be number one. Good point. Good points. Um, BJ Jones, let me go back to you. you obviously, now talking about your defense uh, as well against that vaunted offense. You have a strong defense. People that look at the data in terms of the SWAC statistics understand that they are the second best defense. Some may argue as the offense, particularly when it struggled, the defense statistically may even be better than what they showed uh, because of the offense wasn't always uh, on uh, what they could get done. But with all that being said, what does the defense need to do for Southern to give them the major upset in most people's eyes? Obviously, you're playing number one, top five FCS program. Uh, let's put it on the table. What do the Southern Jaguars need to get done to find themselves uh, carrying that trophy, getting that invitation from John Grant? such that they end up going to the celebration boat. Hey, this Southern University uh, defense ranked fifth in the nation in total defense. And if it wasn't for just Jackson State being lights out, I feel like a lot of people would focus on that. That just lets you know how good Jackson State is defensively. This defensive line, we talked about it all year, uh, how it could be one of the best units in the country. Well, they have to play like it. Um, this is the time for Dumas to show up. Now, Dumas is one of the bigger acquisitions during the offseason. Um, he's played, he's had some spots, but this is the time, this is Mr. Dumas' time. Um, and the rest of that defensive line, they got to be able to get to get to the Shador uh, and get him on the ground, um, be able to stop that running game with four. And if you look at that first ball game, they weren't able to do that through the first quarter and three-fourths. It was right there at the end where it kind of fell apart uh, right there in the second half. And, and, and then, you know, they were tired because the offense did nothing. But you got to be able to replicate that. Um, and then on the back end, punish the receivers once they make the catch. We had this, this, this phrase up under Pete Richardson, smoke them where they catch. Catching the ball has to be a painful thing. Um, and once you're able to do that, people start second-guessing when the ball gets to them. Like those, those, those passes that people caught with their hands, now they start to get into their bodies. And then that's when the drops come. So those are the two things that you have to do. Make sure you get to the quarterback. The defense line has to eat. Smoke them where they catch you. Mm, I like the thought process of what that needs to get that done uh, when you're talking about this big-time matchup. And I don't want to sell it short. Uh, when you talk about the talent, the history of these programs, the one thing a lot of shows are going to be talking about this matchup, and they're going to talk about the offensive defense which are obviously extremely important parts of the game, and a lot of it is an exciting part of the game. But the special teams play. Uh, get into some special team talk to me today, B.J. Jones. Tell me about the Southern def- uh, special teams 
in various ways uh, that you see needs to get done uh, for Southern to be successful in this match. They missed no field goals. Remember, Southern missed two field goal attempts. An opportunity to go up 6 nothing. I'm against Jackson State the first time. Missed both of them. Can't miss field goal attempts. Also, on uh, on the punts, you got to make sure you can't allow any um, any big punt returns. Southern was able allowed three of them um, against Jackson State that first time. Um, and also, that hidden yardage, where you're able to catch a punt as opposed to letting it bounce another 10, 15 yards, uh, mm. they cause you negative field uh, position. You got to be able to be able to uh, minimize that in games like this. In championship games, it's the small things that get that get you beat. Um, and special teams is all special teams also. It is going to be key. So I think you got to be able to do that. Forcing turnovers on the special teams is big. Whether it's on a kick return, whether it's on a punt return, because you're able to flip the field with that turnover. So being able to do those things are also key. Ooh, good points. Good points. Charles, let me go to you, special teams. I won't spoil it for you, but I know your kicker in the kicker you trust. Uh, obviously, second team, all conference. Some people said he's right there in cusp being the first team, um, special team player of the year in terms of what he was getting done. And to BJ's point, when you get down there, one thing that you've seen different to Jackson State last year, really over the years, is the fact because they know they have a kicker, they don't hesitate uh, to go and get three points fight another day. But outside of that, what are some other things that you want to see on the special team that needs to get done from Jackson State? And we'll, can you sneak out there and say maybe we'll see Travis Hunter on special teams, kick return? Uh, I think it's very much a possibility. But uh, if we take a look at special teams, <laughs> uh, I, I think if we take a look at special I thought Southern did something uh, really smart uh, a couple uh, last season. Uh, where they did not kick it deep. They did not allow Jackson State special teams to get into the game. Uh, they kicked a lot of uh, short mm-hmm. kickoffs and just was was willing to concede the field position. And we've seen that a couple times during the course uh, of the season where teams would just do that. And they were successful in, in, in creating some uh, turnovers there. Uh, so that's something that I'm, I'm sure uh, uh, Jackson State is looking to make sure that they shore up, especially uh, for this game. But when you talk about Alejandro Mata, uh, uh, we call him an automatic Alejandro. I mean, uh, he has had a tremendous season, uh, ice water in the veins. But uh, I think one thing that goes unnoticed is is the play of of of, of uh, G-Bay, uh, Gerardo Bayes. Uh He has consistently uh, had touchbacks all season. Uh, it gives the defense a, a tremendous a boost of confidence to know uh, the teams will be starting in their own territory, and they got to try to go the length of the field, which hasn't happened uh, very often this season. That's why this defense has been uh, tremendous in terms of getting you off, off the field on third down, things of that nature. And then Sam Johnson, I don't want his, you know, contributions to go unnoticed. There have been a plenty of times he has a punter, his pin teams deep, and again, giving that Jackson State defense an opportunity uh, to pin their ears back and really come after them. So uh, all three of those guys have had a banner season. I don't expect any different out of them in this game. Uh, Jackson State special teams, although they have not had a kickoff return this season, I think they've had a couple that were called back. Uh, those are a couple of things that I, I know uh, that uh, uh, they're going to be trying to get this uh, weekend in terms of trying to break them on, hopefully. Great points made by both of y'all. I will say this. For one of you all, I have this. Uh, you know, just uh, to let you know, somebody's coming home with a champion, a trophy, bragging rights, as well as the invitation to the celebration bowl in Atlanta. We'll all be there. We'll be in Atlanta. Uh, obviously, B.J. Jones stays there, so it's not a far trip for him. Uh, but we'll be in Atlanta. The question is, is where the team, uh, in terms of one of you all represent, will they be there with you? And, but Saturday night, I'll make sure one of you all uh, get a chance to celebrate in class style. So I just want you to know I think about you. So one of y'all will get the cigar, a victory cigar, as they said, as we get it in there. Let's bring it to a close. But before you do this, I do say this, uh, Charles, uh, in terms of BJ, in terms of Dumas, uh, he showed out last year in terms of one of the bright spots for Prairie View. Um, and I, so I have a special place for Dumas in terms of what he did. I hold no disregard in terms of his decision to go to Southern. It worked out for him. He's back in the championship game. Um, um, he did everything he needed to do at Prairie View. 
I'm still in the engineering program, still at HBCU. So much love to do. If you get a chance, let him know about Khalil. Still holds him in hell, regard, and wish him well uh, in the game uh, this weekend. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadda Khalil, the Dean of HBCU Sports. Coming inside the lab in the college HBCU Sports with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. I would ask these questions who they favor, but I think that's obvious in terms of what they think or who they want. And plus, they'll be calling the game, so we're going to keep it professional. We'll let all our lab listeners tell us who's going to win the game, as they've already talked smack and done it all game long. With that being said, I am Dr. Yadavadil, the Dean of HBC Sports, inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with uh, B.J. Jones, A.D. Drew, and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch for Charles Bishop. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock, we do plan to have a show on Sunday. I'll be catching the plane trying to get back early, so stay on top. of it. We'll do everything to bring you the show. Uh, Charles, BJ Jones, we'll see if we can sneak in, obviously. Uh, our other half with Joshua Sims. Seniors, he's sitting in the catbird seat just waiting and seeing his nigga, but he's supposed to be as well. So he can have, he can relax and come back. We'll pick him up. And so that's why I let him refs today. We'll bring him back on the other side where it gets real interesting for one of the teams coming out of the sweat. Ultimately, as you've seen, uh, this tournament, you got the semifinals this Saturday. In two weeks, you got the championship matchup up in the celebration bowl. It should be fun. I can't wait. With that being said, Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's D-R-K-M-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Dream big. Continue to move forward. I'll, we will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. DJ Jones? Lecture. AD Drew? This. Biz.